When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I never looked at I never looked at music as like I want to be a a hip hop artist or I wanted to be like I want to make dance music or I wanted to make soul music. I just I just make music. You know whatever feels right. I think hip hop will always be a void for the people. Hey everybody, I'm Reggie Williams, founder and CEO of Ambrosia for Heads, and with me I have Jake Payne, our editor-in-chief, and welcome to another edition of our podcast, What's the Headline? Today we have a very, very special guest, Republic Records artist, Duckworth. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. We did this earlier, so I know uh, it's like Groundhog Day, but you know, we got to say it for the fans, too. Yeah. That's all love. <laughs> <laughs> it's all love, man. Hey, man, well, I've been super excited to talk to you. You know, um, your song, King King, was in heavy, heavy rotation for yes. us for an entire year on our playlist, you know. Yes, um, appreciate And uh, I listened to it today to get amped up, but I've been a big fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just for the fans, how long have you been doing music, and, and when did you decide to make it your career? I started doing music, I think, in college. And um, just kind of always been around music. Family is like musicians. So music is kind of like a embedded thing in my family, in our DNA. So yeah, but I say college is when I really start taking it serious. College, yeah. Right. So, you know, I saw that you, you grew up with mostly classical and gospel mm-hmm. in your house. Um, yeah. And in fact, uh, you weren't allowed to listen to secular music for a while. So mm-hmm. when did you first start to listen to secular music? Um, probably in uh, high school, my sister was kind of like sneaking in different albums, like uh, she was sneaking like The Roots, uh, like Erica, Outkast, uh, stuff like that. And then I would just be like going to her room and like listening to all her records. But that was like in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you talked about the the, the Outkast and um, the Neptunes yeah. uh, before. What's the bridge between those two groups? Uh, they were just eclectic, different, like left to center black men, black creatives. And that appealed to me because I always felt like I was different, you know, didn't know why really. And they pretty much put a, a bit of a soundtrack <laughs> to, to my, to my, I guess, like difference in that sense. But they, they made me feel like good to be in my skin, okay. especially like being like in uh South Central and like Inglewood, like it's, you know heavy like gang activity so it's like you either like you know what I'm saying you 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 straight A student or you bang or you know whatever else in the middle <laughs> but they, they it gave us like it gave us a placement in our like community in that sense so I've seen you talked about seven core progressions before too oh, yeah. and and the impact yeah, yeah can you break that down a little bit uh just pretty much if I can say it in a sense without using too much of music theory it's like usually what you're hearing like the bridge you know of like a stevie wonder song or like uh 
or Earth, Wind & Fire or Michael Jackson or Janet Jackson or Neptunes, you know, like uh, it's just those moments where it, it goes from like a um, major chord, which is, you know, more of like of a short thing to like that, that like kind of what if moment when the song turns to like a what if or a mystery or a question. Those are those like kind of like seven chord progressions. And those are the type of progressions that I love, like those minor chords and stuff. So that's what inspired the sound from Ugly, right? Yeah, that was one of the things. That was one of the sounds for sure. Yeah. And I mean, just my career in general, you put a minor chord in something, like I'm going to definitely like geek out. So before, but before you didn't know what that was, you just knew certain sounds just struck you in a certain way and made you feel a certain way, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I just didn't know the music theory term of it. And mainly, I just wanted to know it so I can express it to the producers I work with. Like, let's try like a minor chord progression or a seven chord progression or rolling fives or something like that. And so have, as you started to learn that, have there been other things that that, um, that, that you decided you learned that you liked that you didn't you couldn't put it together because you didn't have the frame of reference for it? Yeah, uh, a dissonant chord. And that's pretty much chords that don't go together, but for some reason go together. <laughs> and like, uh, it's like when you play one key and then you play the key right next to it, is what I believe. But you play it in a, with, a, with a couple other, other keys in an arrangement that, um, or in a chord that, that it, for some reason makes sense. Like I think a big person who did dissonant chords was uh, uh, Thelonious Monk, mm -hmm. I believe. Like a lot of his stuff was like dissonant chords that just sounded off, but sounded on, you know? Sometimes I hear dissonant chords in like gospel too. Actually, there I hear dissonant chords a lot in gospel, right. but it's just yeah, yeah. I love those. Yeah, you know it's dope to hear you. You know, talk about that musicality. We don't get that from a lot of artists that you know. I think we talk to sometimes in the hip hop space, and and maybe mm -hmm. it's just we're not having the conversation. As I you know, as I look at you, Duckworth, behind you, you've got you know album covers from oh, uh, Mitchell <laughs> and Fleetwood Mac. I'm really excited because one of the things that's happening with you in 2020 is you have a radio show. Um, can you speak to how your eclectic taste and your experience, your journey with music and your sister, how does that lend itself to the playlists on your upcoming radio shows? Um, well, well, one, I guess, yeah, I wanted to just express the, the different sounds that inspire me, or at least different sounds that are worth, you know, having reckon, I mean, recognition of. Uh, sounds that are like artists that I know aren't getting like commercial play or like heavy rotation, but are just making insane music. So like, you know, every so once in a while, like, it'll be something that's like well-known. And then, you know, saying the same time um, or song after, it'll be somebody that you don't know that can be from like Belgium or or like from Durban or something like that. And it's just making radical music. So I wanted to kind of put them in the same space. And like a lot of us super good, no, sorry, super good nights is, is um, one of the accents, genre, accent genres is a rhythm. And I think that's the biggest thing for me right now. It's like, like stuff that makes you move, you know, not just like, you know, like simple, like stuff like that, which is still great, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, for me, I'm here with it right now. So it's just like, to be able to like curate a playlist or a radio show where we can just keep the rhythm going in a sense. And that's just, like I said, that's one of them, you know? And then another one I think for me is, is, uh, is uh, um, like R&B and like more, but creamier, chords like magical synthesized like moments and stuff that's another like tone i want to like touch up on and super good nights 
You mean like contemporary wise or like classic, like eighties, that sort of feel? Uh, from the eighties, from the seventies, eighties on up. I try to find more recent, but I, I, you know, every so once in a while I throw something in there. Like for the cream, John, I'm probably gonna pull some different pieces like human nature, like free human nature is a cream. <laughs> Word. You know, you know it's, I, I like the way that you just said that about rhythm and, and dancing, you know, I mean, Tribe Called Quest, you know, like had the tagline of, you know, the art of, of moving butts. Like hip hop comes from a place that is rooted in dance. And I feel like sometimes it got away from that. And one of the yeah. things I love about your music, your albums, are, you know, here you are an MC that can do all these other things, but rhythm seems to be the thread that's through it all. How yeah. important is it for you as an artist to make sure that at a show, or maybe even not at a show, just when your music comes on, that people feel compelled to move when so often I feel like artists settle just for a head nod? Uh, man, I'm not, I'm not there to be somebody's fucking mug coaster and <laughs> not there to be somebody's like you know what I'm saying like I, it's a difference from like being involved in the show and then being a spectacle and I feel that when people just kind of stand and watch it's, I feel like a spectacle I feel like some type of like zoo attraction you know and it's just like the only way that people are going to get the best show is if they're giving that energy back we come out we throw the energy they take it and they throw it back and it's a reciprocation but if reciprocation doesn't happen, then it's just like, I'm counting the minutes until I can get the fuck off this stage, you know? So it's, it's something really special about that language that can be exchanged, you know what I'm saying? Even if there's moments where it is still, you know, sometimes you need stillness, sometimes you need, sometimes you just need stillness. But it's like, if we can, from that stillness, come back to a place of like rejoice or like, you know, movement, dance, whatever it may be. If y'all if y'all breaking the sweat at y'all show, at my shows, then I'm happy. If you dry, and everything we gotta we gotta have a talk we gotta have a talk you know what I'm saying so that's what it is yeah a lot of your music uh has really kind of a punk rock like influence to it too like uh, mm -hmm. so do, you, do you want that same kind of energy like that mosh pit energy at your shows at times too I I I I, I used to and I still do but I want to me and my homie Reggie no fun me and my homie uh Reggie uh he uh he was saying I Cause I played him some of my new stuff and I was like, my, my thing right now, it, it is rhythm. And he was just like, man, it'd be tight if you can find a way to mix the rage that you were on before with the rhythm that you do now. And we came up with this whole concept of rage through rhythm. And it, it's really just taking that punk energy, but putting that in the rhythm, you know? So it's like having it where you can like still mosh and still like be aggressive. But I guess instead of it being like, like, like jumps, it's more like, it's, it's, it's more like here. It's very much like tribal instead of like aggression, I guess, in that sense. It has a different type of movement and everything. So when, I, when I'm able to perform again, I'm going to be playing with that concept. Yeah, much. I mean, you just released Find a Way and Coming Closer within the last yeah. month. Um, and those are both very melodic, a lot more melodic than, than some of your, your, your recent music. So is that the direction mm -hmm. your new project's going to go in? And are, are you working on a new album or are those just... Um, Kind of Lucy's. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a new album, and uh, that's definitely the direction. It's, 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 it's melodic. It's a lot of my friends on there. We were just in the studio, just like creating, you know what I'm saying? Because my friends can take me to places that I can't even like think of, you know, and vice versa. So it, it was just, it was very much <laughs> me and the homies just in there cranking away and, and 
the magic that came from that. It, it, it's this new project, super good. And it's a lot of melody, a lot of rhythm. Um, and the transitions that we're working on, like I literally just finished a transition right now. Yeah. It's like, it's insane. Like, it, it feels like a score, I would say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when we were making it, we had E.T. on in the background. <laughs> for some reason and it was like dusk so it was like seven o'clock and the sun was just setting and there's like blue lights all around the apartment so it's like i feel like a lot of that magic is ending up in this project right now mm-hmm. so yeah that's um you you said that you started making music in college which i think by a lot of standards is later in life for some folks mm-hmm. and, and you know for me as a fan of yours like all of a sudden 2017 2018 it was like boom you were on my radar, but I don't know, you know, was there a moment in your career that was like your big break, your tipping point where all of a sudden things just kind of really took shape? Cause you blew up quick in my, and you know, from my vantage point. Got you. I mean, I've been rocking for a good minute. I was in a group called Tokyo 24 back in the day, you know, saying I dropped a little solo mixtape probably in like 2012 and stuff, you know, so I've been rocking for a minute. I think just the moment that I was making crossover music was in 2016 with an album called I'm Ugly. And like that type of sound, um, like I said, it, it, it crossed over. It was able to like be in different spaces, you know? And I think that was what shot me to that point of, you know, mass recognition, I suppose. Yeah, I know there was a time in your career when you're, it was actually stalling and you, you wanted to quit yeah. music. So, you know, what was it that got you through that point? That's a good question. I think somebody reminded me of the joy, not of just music, but of like just creation. And it's just like kind of looking at it, not, I mean, cause it could be discouraging when you, when you see people who you feel maybe have not put in as much work or don't have the same integrity as an artist or something like that. And you know what I'm saying? They should go crazy. So it can be very discouraging if you're trying to sit here and like, you know, just really like create from the soul. Mm. So a person would just like, pretty much just said, don't worry, like blind, like block, block that. That don't matter. Just make sure you pay attention to what you're doing. And it's just like, things will happen in the, in the time that it needs to happen. All you gotta do is just keep putting your true intentions in it and it's gonna happen when it needs to happen. So I had to just leave that. And then just understand that it's just like, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for the clout? Are you doing it for the creation? You know, I was just like, well, I'm doing it for creation, like creating something new. You know, it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> So that's what kind of helped me get back into it. So uh, I know you don't know music theory, but do you play any instruments yourself? I'm learning keys. I like chords a lot. Um, I could be more disciplined at it, (laughs) but I'm also not in a total rush. You know, I hope I'm here for a little bit or a good amount of time on this earth. So I got time to learn, but keys, keys for sure. So you've worked with some master musicians, one of whom is one of my favorites, uh, Terrace Martin. How did, how did you guys connect? Uh, I think through management. But funny enough, Terrace used to play uh, a horn section for my dad. Uh, my dad uh, was like a gospel producer in the 90s. And um, he hired Terrace to, like I said, do horn sections of some gospel tracks. And then like, I found that out one night working with Terrace. He was like, who your dad? I'm like, his name is Jerry Lee. And then we just went through it and yeah, found out that him, not just him, but him and Kamasi Washington. Wow. So the for my dad, man, which is insane. It's very ser- serendipitous. That's crazy. To the fullest extent. 
But yes. Terrence is a good Terrence is a good man. He he's really from the hood, bro, and we speak the same exact language, but the most like eloquent fucking creative being you know. But like speak my language, bro. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah, I used to work at, at BT a long time ago and um, you know, so I've met Terrence quite a few times and always real super down to earth dude. But you know, it was his record that simultaneously put me on to uh, both Kendrick and um Saha. Mm, record, mm. record called Thirsty and it was um, you know, it was uh sampling uh Stevie Wonder's Rocket Rocket Man. Mm. So um crazy, crazy dope, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, Terrence is a beast, man. Yeah, so I talked about King King, and mm. like I said, man, it was literally like I probably listened to that song four or five times a week for a year, like no question. Yeah. Like I mean, okay. like, you know, I appreciate uh, it, man. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but it's a celebrate to me. It's a celebration of blackness, but it also uses the word you know nigga throughout, sometimes powerfully and other times pro provocatively. So can mm. you talk about the juxtapositions of that and in, in the song? Mm-hmm. Funny enough. I wrote that song as a nod to uh, 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 Suck a Nigga, uh, Tribe Called Quest, mm-hmm. from um, mm-hmm. um, Midnight Marauders. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I have that line being uh, being that we use as a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to do like, kind of like a modern version of that, but kind of more gritty, more gritty, more hard. And, and to tell you the truth, the concept just came out of nowhere. My homie um, was just like producing, he was playing keys. Or actually, no, he was just going through files, and he skipped that one. I'm just like, hey, bro, pull that back. <laughs> that thing hard. So then I listened to it, and then it just automatically, I think the chorus came first. And then um, and then I started writing, and it just all, like, just came out. But what happened was I, I had a little moment. I was stuck. And then um, I went to my notes, and a note that – a note popped up from 2013. So that first verse of uh, King King, I wrote that in 2014. Wow. And, and I just used it. I was like, oh, this hard. And, and then recently, last year, uh, I sat down with Q-Tip and I got to play him uh, oh, King wow. King. That's <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. yeah it was crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Did you explain the concept on that it was, uh, you know, inspired by um, some I more so just laid it open. I left it open. I, I wanted him to interpret it in his own way. I just mm-hmm. more so was just like, yo, thank you. It was more so like, thank you, bro. Thank you for me and I'm Marauders and like everything. And it's just yeah. like, boo, like this, that part. He was like, that's dope. That's so, you know, Q-Tip, obviously, incredibly talented MC, but also mm-hmm. a gifted producer. And mm. King King, I know, is, is, is was the only song on your last album that you co-produced. Is, is producing something that you want to get more into in the future? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, f- not this album I'm about to drop, but the album after that, I'm going to be doing much more producing on it. But I, I kind of like composing, too. I like being kind of like more behind the scenes and being able to like help in like producing, but without touching keys. Because it's, it's people far more talented <laughs> than I am. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to prove a point. But when I feel like my production is at a place where it's presentable, I'll definitely start pushing to produce more or like it, uh, releasing it. So you really feel feed off of that ensemble energy. Like you said, you like going to the studio, working with your friends and just kind of seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. Quite literally. That's... It's just like kind of like shaking the dice, throwing it and be like, ooh, seven, eleven, seven, eleven. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's tight, man. It, it, it's super tight. You never know it's going to come out. 
like I, I never have a hint or clue. I can come in with like a BPM, but even then, it's still like you don't know what's gonna happen. You know, I think that's insane. So like, as, as we're talking, you know, I, I feel your energy just like, you know, you're bouncing around in the studio, you're high energy. I have to ask, you know, 2020 is not what any of us would have expected. So for mm. you as a creative, um, you know, I know California a little bit different than maybe it is here on the East Coast, but for all of us, we kind of had to sit down. Um, yeah. with all of this momentum that you've built over the last four or five years, what was that like for you to not be able to do things maybe as planned? Well, I was a lucky one. Um, this album, uh, Super Good, we, sh we uh, recorded it all in January, crazy oh. enough. Like the whole thing, we recorded it in one month. <laughs> oh, except for there's uh, like maybe like two or three tracks that were uh, from previous, like like from the previous year. Um, but like a good 90% of it was in January. So we, I just made everything before Corona hit, uh, wow. which is insane. So I, I was one of the blessed ones. It, trying to make an album during Corona probably would have been insane. Um, yeah. But high key though, it's been hard to try to like get all the assets together for rollout. Cause like, in the, like during March, well, February, later February, uh, I got sick. And then March was just like, it was just hectic, like trying to get my mental together. It, it was a time to like, it, pretty much the universe is saying like, like you need to stop everything and you need to tap in. Like with yourself, tap in with your spirit. You need to tap in with everything, your health. You need to be on one. Cause I was touring a lot. I was like up to three, four in the morning, like no sleep. And it was just taking a toll on my body and my mind. So I think just everything plus Corona, <laughs> it was just like, you need to stop right now. You know what I'm saying? And get it together. You know, I've seen that you'd like to cook, uh, you know, so how has Corona affected that for you? Um, I, I, I figured out a couple more recipes, but I ain't gonna lie, man. I hate cooking sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, man. I hate it, man. Because it, it just, it just takes, I gotta be in that place to like one, chop some vegetables up and, you know what I'm saying, season some things and like marinate, and, you know what I'm saying? I just gotta be in that place. I use, I like cooking for other people, but for myself, I'm not into it. Right. Not that much. <laughs> you know, as you um, as you spoke about the creation of King King and pulling a verse from damn near a decade ago, that's so interesting to me. And the song has a concept. Um, you know, I'm curious. You know, I, I listened to an interview you did on on the effects, um, the inspiration of Rewind by Nas that that had at you at a young age. Um, can you just speak to how you try to treat concept when it comes to the lyrics and the music? Artwork? Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of my little superhero powers is uh, I'm a storyteller. So, and I think that something about storytelling, it just makes it makes the the whole concept or the the whole song or the composition just easier to digest. I don't know. I kind of like seeing. Uh, I like to design, but from an audio standpoint, see if you can make a whole world in in a song. I think that's like a beautiful challenge. You know, <laughs> I love that. But. Uh, more so just storytelling. I just like the storytelling the music. So you and Q-Tip were you and Q-Tip in the in the lab together? Like, uh, did you guys get to work? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for whatever reasons. But uh, it was more so just sitting down and like just getting to talk to an OG and everything, and just like you know, picking uh, picking his brain, him listening to my music, him letting me know what's goody. It's just, you know, conversation for, for most of anything. And I think, you know, that, that's all I needed. 
I appreciate that. I want to have more conversations. Yeah. Like that, you know what I'm saying? I think I, I no, I think I ran into um Wyclef uh in the in the airport because I was uh I ran into first I ran to Olu from Earth Band and shit. So me and him chopping. And then he looked over and he was like, I think that's Wyclef. <laughs> so then we both ran into Wyclef and we chopping up with him. And like, just like in that five minutes, we got like, you know, a good amount of that information. It was tight. Wow, so yeah, like, just conversation. That's a lot of game, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, and to see uh, the generations coming together like that is awesome. You know, like it's almost like a, I hate the word cosign because that seems so passive, but it's like a knighting of sorts. Like, your yeah. music is carrying on the musicality of these two guys that did so much for it with the genre. Yeah. I mean, gladly. And gladly to be able to, you know, because that energy needs to remain. And, you know, things can be lost, you know, and it needs to be. I mean, that's how it is in African culture. Like, there's a the, um, the older person. I don't want to call him the OG. It's a certain name for him. But we're going to call him OG. <laughs> and they had all the stories. And they, like, you know, saying they passed it down to the younger ones. And then when they passed on, the younger ones had the story. And they just can't continue it on. And it has to be the same thing in hip-hop. You know, uh, if not, then it can, be, it can be lost, like, easily. So, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. One person I definitely want to have the torch handed from is uh, is Pharrell. So, we're going to see how this works out. Yeah, so what is it about Pharrell that, that really appeals to you? Just different, man. Like, uh, he didn't feel like he needed to be aggressive or he needed to, like, appeal to – I mean, he had his little moment. He was, like, flexing. He was flexing hard during the In My Mind ever uh, Pharrell but like overall Pharrell is just like he's cool he's kind he's like he's funny he's an Aries and a motherfucker um he's but he's like he's tapped in he's tapped in and then like as he got older he's become more and more modest even though like you know what I'm saying he's worth his weight in gold <laughs> but he's modest and I think that's what appeals to me a lot because I don't I don't feel like I need to like boast and brag in that sense and I, I fuck with people who can be like insanely creative and great and it's just like it's like nothing you know but yeah he was tight like i said back in high school he made me feel he made me feel like a human you know and that's big so does that extend to nerd too uh or, or more oh, yes. production yeah yeah uh pharrell neptunes nerd that including shay haley like all of them the whole yeah trifecta boom boom all that <laughs> What's your oh, favorite N E R D album? Uh, Fly or Die. Fly or Die. Yeah. Fly or Die. Yeah. Fly or Die for sure. That's the one. But in search of, it is right up there with it. It's just Fly or Die. I have very distinct memories that were like very euphoric in my teenage years. <laughs> so Fly or Die. So in search of, you like the one with the live instruments or the one that's uh, um, uh, produced live music? instruments. Live yeah. instruments. I like the Neptune sound. The core Neptune sound, but it still sounded like it was in development at that time. So it's like when they made the decision to bring on live instrumentation, I think that was the best thing for the album. Like for sure, for sure. Open the album up, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you spoke about um growing up, you know, in Inglewood and all of that, you know, South mm-hmm. Central. Um you also spent time in Northern California. I'm curious, yeah. you know, how those two environments came together to shape who you are and how you see the world. Um, shit. Well, I would say when I was in LA in 2000, before 2006, up to that moment, there was no art scene. So, I don't know, I was just watching mad documentaries about Hayden Ashbury and, like, Hendrix and Janis Joplin, like, Zeppelin, you know, 
Grateful Dead, all them folks that was like taking mad psychedelics and making creative ass music. And I wanted to be in that space, in that energy. So I was just like, cool. Um, I was doing, uh, I wanted to learn graphic design and they were one of the first colleges that reached out to me. I applied, they accepted me in two weeks and I was like, I'm good, <laughs> I'm gone. So yeah, and then from there, I spent eight years in the Bay and I, I, that has definitely shaped who I am as a creative like today, as far as being mostly faceted and being able to like tap in to like certain colors and textures. I wouldn't think I would have gotten that being in LA at that moment. Later on, if I was in LA, maybe later, like creating like in 2012, 14, then the probably would have been different. But in 2006, nah, that was not cracking. Yeah. Mm. You know, they both got very rich hip hop legacies too, in terms of sound, but, but very different. <laughs> have you taken anything from, um, you know, Southern LA or from uh, South Central uh, on the hip hop side? Uh, funk, G-Funk, G-Funk. That's King King. King King is, is G-Funk. Just because of how like swung it is. Like it's, it's, it's very like, yeah. It's very strong. It's very it's very behind the beat, and that's and then like even like the cadence or just like enunciation, like my in that double G A, the roll yeah, 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 the tongue yeah. like I'm cursing. Like that's a very LA thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, en- enunciating each syllable. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge G Funk fan. That's part of what you know, and the low end and the, and the highs, the accents on the on the, you know. Um, on yeah, exactly. You can sing that. Yeah, yeah. You are. G Funk for sure. Yeah. So you know. I know you grew up in South Central and you've been, you know, pretty vocal about having been sheltered and not in the, like the, the gang scene, you know, but what was your crowd when you were in, in, in school? Uh, I found, I mean, in high school, I, I found, cause like there was a, there was like, I went to a honors, uh, um, section of the school, but that happened in like 10th grade, but before 10th grade, it was a mix. It was like, it was like, I, I, I definitely gravitated to folks who were slightly different, but then I also gravitated to like a couple like gang members and stuff. And like the gang members, they would kind of defend us as being a different kid. So I was like, no, don't, don't bother them, they cool. You know what I'm saying? And like they became my good friends in that sense. But it was only like a couple of them, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't too many. Cause the thing is they were different too. Like they weren't the 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 the, the typical like gang member. <laughs> they were yeah. cool. But yeah, it was pretty vast, I would say. The um the video you just dropped for Find a Way is is really amazing. Can you speak to you. like the concept and the vision behind it, especially as you talk about just being a multifaceted artist that I'm sure has input in every aspect of, of your you know art. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, it was during Corona, so we couldn't really like shoot a video and stuff. So the best thing is, you know, saying let's find another way. Uh, no pun. And. Uh, I guess CG was like the option, but what was tight was I went to Disneyland last year and I walked around and I, I noticed that there was no like black characters for like little black kids to like look up to. And I was just like, man, it'd be really tight to make some type of like EOC Disney, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and that's been like my like behind the scenes efforts. And then so so to, to, to be able to manifest a video, like find a way that, you know what I'm saying, it's for black characters that little kids can like look up to and you know, from there, I want to continue on making those pieces. It's like, it's very intentional. It's very intentional. But I would say it, it was a span of, it was a connection of uh, <laughs> not being able to shoot in real life. And then also wanted to make more like uh, uh, black animations. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I was going to say, it looked like it, it could have been set in Wakanda or, you know, Mad mm-hmm. Max or even Pandora from Avatar. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if any, any of those films were inspiration, but it sounds like it was all Disney, Disney that, right? 
<laughs> I'm not trying to sample snitch. My bad. My bad. Like, <laughs> my bad on that. You know. Um, you know, the video for coming closer was dope too. I, I looked at it yesterday, and like, you know, the, the ratio I think was 976 likes to one. Like, that, there's always that one hater. Like, I mean, like, who's who's gonna be that first one? Amazing. That's just, that's just, yeah, that is amazing. You know. Um, Wow. But, but, you know, what inspired the sound for that? Because it's, it's almost like I got a kind of Detroit, like, almost mm -hmm. like a, a house techno kind of vibe to it, almost like a Catronada type groove to it. You know, like, what, mm -hmm. what inspired that? More, yeah, more so just Deep House. Mm -hmm. Deep House. And then, like, uh, we were using, like, a Juno. So we were, like, trying to, like, tap into some, like, thriller, thriller chords and stuff in the chorus and everything. But mainly just, yeah, like, like East Coast, like, Midwest, East Coast, it's like Deep House. Pretty much, I was like the main, yeah, main inspiration for that song. Yeah, I know you like to, uh, you like um, films, um, if and, and scoring is something that you aspire to do. So, if you could pick <clears throat> any movie or TV show to rescore, what would it be? The Warriors, um, TV show, TV show. That's a great, that's great, that's a great, uh. Damn. Oh, that's a great question. It would have to be a cartoon, probably. Hmm. hmm. I gotta get back to you now. Maybe like I don't know. Maybe like Static Shock or something. Like that. I don't know. That's probably TV though. <laughs> um, Why the Warriors? Here. Why the Warriors? Um, it was that era of uh, I think there was in the Bronx or something like that. No, 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 no. Yeah. There was Staten Island, right? Bronx going to Brooklyn. Bronx going to Brooklyn. Got you, got you, got you. Did they end in Staten Island or? Uh, Coney Island, Brooklyn. Coney Island. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just like that style of, of 80s, like, cinematography. It's one of those classics, man. Um, I like I like the whole, like, I like the gang feel <laughs> of it. But I also like just their, like, you know, their attire. Everybody had their own, like, fits, their own clicks, their own, like, signature, like, looks and she was genius, you know. So I definitely would love, like, love to <laughs> rescore that, or at least just maybe I don't know. I don't know if it'd be a new version of it, but some people that. Trying. Yeah, they keep trying. But you you mentioned even like the importance of ET being on in the studio with this album that you just finished up. Um, are you somebody when you're in the lab? Is there always something meaningful on the screen? More times than none, yes. <laughs> More times than none. Definitely need some inspiration, visual inspiration for sure. It's something about being able to transmute or, you know, take those uh, visuals and, and try to turn them into audio, I suppose. Like, is, that, be, mm -hmm. is that true of the albums behind you right now, too? And that might be a producer, an engineer, somebody else's choices, but. Yeah, this ain't my, like, like my album. But I mean, okay, same, exactly. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm at the homies crib. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, no, definitely all these. Cool. Definitely, definitely Stevie. Definitely Sly. Definitely Joni Mitchell. Is that yes? That's yes. Definitely yes. Uh, I haven't got hard to tweet with Mac, but I know they're hard. Yeah. But yeah. uh, yes, for sure. Uh, as far as like prog rock, I, I, I think yes is like exceptional. And like a lot of prog rock, people don't really like, really, I don't know, it's certain, it's a certain demographic of folks that appreciate prog rock but yeah. i love it yeah sure. lonely heart that whole album um was it 02813 or you remember that, that it's all number yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 no they're they're hard 
your music is mad diverse too. You know, um, you know, I know some people call you like you know a rapper or hip hop, but you got like everything from punk to soul to like techno to mm. house to like classical. So, how would you mm. categorize yourself, if at all? I don't know. <laughs> just music, I guess. Yeah. I think just just music. I mean, progressive music, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I just touch in so many places that I never look at. I never look at music as like I want to be a a hip hop artist, or I wanted to be like I want to make dance music, or I wanted to make soul music. I just I just make music. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever feels right. Art. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, you know, in the last project, a lot of your songs start off one way and then shift into a completely different direction. You know, um, Soprano, Wildfire, Sally Mae, all kind of like, you know, start off and then like end up someplace completely different. So what is it yeah. about that vehicle that you like in structuring songs? Well, I think for that album, I really was trying to um, rage. Like, I, I just wanted to just rip apart all like, you know, um, what's the word? Um, what is the word? Uh, uh, like predictable composition, I guess. Mm. I, I don't know. I wanted to make it. I wanted to make that album sound like a Stanley Kubrick like score. So I wanted it to be very like disorienting. So I, I was intentionally trying to like you know like take you here to like here and then take you here and then like you know all these places and stuff. I feel like me now. I'm still trying to, I'm keeping that, but finding more ways, more seamless ways of doing it. So it's not too much of a shock, but for that album, I was trying to just fuck shit up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So you had dreads at the time that you did that project for quite a while. And then I saw you had like, um, almost like a ball cut and now you, you, you change it up too. We've got a coworker, the company man, who's got a theory that like, you know, artists, music changes as their hair changes. So have you seen any impact in, in, in your creativity, um, you know, in terms of like your, your different hairstyles? Every album has a different hairstyle, whether it's longer, shorter, off, on, dyed. It's it. Yeah, that's a fact. That's mm-hmm. a fact for sure, especially for me, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I was nervous. I was nervous too, because you always hear that like when artists cut their hair off, they like lose their power and shit, so. But I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's just sometimes the times where we see these artists cut their hair off, it was just later in their career, like Busta Rhymes. It was later in his career, Ludacris. Later, uh, Andre 3000. Later, you know, like you know, they're in a different place in their own life. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it happened with, with current artists too, right? You know, you had like short hair Kendrick, long hair Kendrick, short hair Cole, long hair Cole. The music is very different depending on you know. And they've amped up since growing their hair out. Absolutely. Both of them have amped up. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you uh, a question. You know, you, you talk about you just make music and we're living in a time right now, you know, Tyler, you know, had that, I thought, really wonderful point after the Grammys last year regarding his album, which you couldn't really put in any box. Do you, beyond just the Grammys, do you see um, fans, society treating art outside of these boxes of genre or, you know, quote unquote, black music and, and things like that? Are we headed in a good direction? If, okay, speaking on Tyler's uh, 
uh, subject matter, I guess. It was more so saying that urban just sounds like another way of saying nigga or another way of saying like black, I suppose. And I mean, which is true, you know? And they, I think they've removed that one urban category and stuff. But yeah, it's, um, I think when there's more black people uh, in the Grammys voting um, um, academy or something like that, then our committee, then I think that we will start to see that change. And like, but also it's enough artists that are speaking you know, that to, to, to make the people in the committee listen. But you, you'd be surprised, like, it's not too, too hard if you're an artist to, like, get into the cramp. Like, I'm, I'm, like, working to be a member right now. You know what I'm saying? I just got to sign my little thing and I'm there, you know? So it's, it's, I think it's just more people that, like, look like us in there, like, making decisions. Then we get to kind of, like, see that change. But also, yeah, enough people speaking. Like, Tyler was heard in that sense. Now, as far as him and his Grammy uh, win, I don't think he would have won if he was in the pop category, if he was in the best album of the year category, just because he was going up against uh, uh, Billie Eilish and Lizzo, you know what I'm saying? And right. like all these other people. And I, I think that it's like, okay, cool. Like small, not even a small one, he won a Grammy. So it's just like, boom, like you got that Grammy. Now it's next level. Now let's get you the album of the year. And like Ego was exceptional, you know? It's just, it, it's more so politics. It's Billie Eilish and it's Lizzo. And those are two of my peers and I, I love them. And stuff, but I, I understand the politics of that. So it's just like, yeah, like you know, win this one this year, and then you know, we got we got more time. We got more time for sure. So you're signed to Republic Records now. How has signing to a major label changed your approach to music? Changed my what? Your approach to music, making your music. I try to find a way to make music that crosses over but keeps keep integrity, and I, I like that challenge on some science shit, you know? Like, I'm like, how can I make this song, like, crossover, but, like, not sound, like, weirdly poppy, <laughs> I guess, you know what I'm saying? But also, some of my favorite artists are, like, crossover artists or pop artists and stuff, so it's just like, yeah. It's been like, all right, cool. Let's, let me challenge myself. Instead of just making, like, underground music, which is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, that's my own personal challenge. Yeah. So yeah, if um, if fans are to prepare for the album you're about to release, just because you know you're you're a visual person, you're a visual artist, is there a film? Is there a painting? Is there a book? Is there something that they can prepare themselves with as an appetizer for this musical body of work that you're coming with? Ah <laughs> uh, damn. Um, mainly the word that I'm seeing is like magic mm. but like not in like a pull a fucking bunny out the hat I buy it's like you know that you know that that sparkle like in this in like some type of 70s glam photo shoot like a shorty would like turn her head and it'd be like a sparkle yeah I know well what you mean yeah <laughs> it's that sparkle is that sparkle? I, I think that's what this one, this feel, this album feels like lush. It feels colorful. It feels textured. It feels like you, euphoric in certain ways. It feels joyous and it feels feels like magic. Like and I hate. And I, I know Michael is a problematic person to speak of these days, um, but Michael is like one of my like like uh, pockets of joy that I have in my life. Like watching his 
um, not just listening to his music, but watching the different pieces that he made from like 79 to like 90, 93, 94, all that was just like magic, bro. It's, it's, it's weird. I don't know what it is that he was tapping into something, but also the 70s was also very mad. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like, you, you listen to a lot of different groups and watch a lot of different things, like Zeppelin. Like, there, there's these different folks that were just tapping into this, like, magical, like, like it's, it's something that you can take, you, you can, like, take drugs to and, like, probably trip the fuck out. <laughs> but it's like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, the drugs is in the music, in that sense, you know? The, the, the trip is in the music. So, I don't know. Magic. Stevie Wonder, magic. Like, it, it's, it's those type of vibes. Yeah, I was watching this. Uh, I was watching the Neptunes on this documentary the other day, and Chad was saying that the music that he and Pharrell made, they aspired to make you feel like you were high, which is from the music. That was that was mm-hmm. what they were trying to engender in your brain chemistry. You know, so it's pretty dope. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's definitely the goal. Make you so, feel high. So off the wall or thriller? God. <laughs> okay. Off the wall as an arranged album makes more sense. And maybe because they were coming, like that was the final tone of disco before disco was like, you know what I'm saying? Um, Off the wall arrangement wise makes more sense. Um, Thriller wasn't arranged well for me. Like, uh, uh, um, what's that song before Thriller? Uh, what's that song before What's that song before The girl is mine. The girl is the girl is mine. Girl is mine. Yeah, girl's mine. Yeah. That ain't that ain't had no business being before Thriller. <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but but Thriller is an insane album. When I think of Thriller, I just think of visuals. So like Thriller is very much a visual album, and the visuals I think is what pushed it, along with Michael's influence, pushed it to be uh, an album that set you know set records. You know. But they're both great. They're both great. I think I think off the wall. And I think off the wall because he was transitioning also out of like the Jacksons and like going into his own, like coming into his own power. But it's like, it, it was something crazy about, like it's all rhythm based too. It's all rhythm based. Like I said, Thriller, it, 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 had, it takes you to all these different places. But I think off the wall. Well, in defense the of the girl is mine. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, was the first single. <laughs> that was the, some label shit. In defense like, of that, if you're thinking about like a horror movie and, you know, as a metaphor, like it's all good. And then until you step out into the woods, you know what I mean? So maybe it's the setup. It's all peaceful and lovey-dovey, and, but you're mm. about to go out and like, you know, mm. the wolves are coming at you, you know, so. Maybe if they had some type of chord change or something, at yeah. the end of the girl is mine that kind of like Signified. brought you into yeah. it because i that that actually makes a lot of sense that that definitely is like the you know like it's a you think it's a romantic like a chick flick until it turns yeah. into a horror film. Exactly. like that's actually exactly. fire yeah. but i think audio wise <laughs> i didn't i didn't get transitioned into that moment and stuff not to say that the girl's mind isn't a tight song i think it's a great song every song in there is like tight to me yeah. but like, that moment it's just like ah like it went from here to like well yo man uh in closing um i know you've been at this for a minute right you said like in this like nine ten years or so it sounds like maybe even longer and your career has been going like this right but now you're in that hockey stick phase 
So things go exactly the way you plan. But what do you see yourself like in like five years? I think, you know that moment where Don, Childish to get Gambino turned to Donald Glover? Mm -hmm. I think I think that's what it is for me. It's like I won't just be seen as like Doug of the rapper, but it's more so just like the creative. So it's just like <clears throat> I want to do sculpture. Like, I want to do furniture design. I want to do scoring. I want to do like animations. Like I want to do you know maybe some garment collections. It just it just really depends, you know. But it will I will have created my platform or strong enough foundation that I can be able to sustain and I can like put my hands in different places and they will still get the amount of, you know, views and attention that the music would. But I want to be able to establish, have the music be able to establish my platform and my foundation strong enough that I can like touch different places. So there's a lot of things I want to do that are outside of music. So I think creative, overall creative. So I see myself in five years. That's dope. So the album's coming out, you have a, you have a release date yet or no? Uh, later August. Late August. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, mm -hmm. But thank you, man. This has been a real pleasure. And you're going to have some more stuff and heavy rotation on our, on our playlist, too. So I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I thank y'all. Thank y'all for your support, too. Seriously. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. All right.